welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. It's Rita Chukriki. This is a platform for authentic and heartfelt conversations that inspire mindful living. Hi guys, welcome to this bonus episode of the podcast. I am your host Rita and today I'm flying solo. (laughs) Yes, I'm all alone today and I want to talk about something that is heavy on my mind. And this is because of a series of events that happened this week. Yeah, this week because today is Sunday. I'm recording today and I'm hoping this episode would go live on Tuesday or Wednesday. But the week I'm talking about is last week. I don't know. For people that their week starts on Sunday, this is a new week, right? So a series of events that happened last week. But for those who their week starts on Monday, okay, this week. <laughs> that, that's just it. And while I am still thinking of the appropriate title for this episode... It's going to be a conversation that bothers around the validation of a woman's feelings. Yes, and this is because last week I've been in my feelings a lot last week. Like I was in my feelings. Feelings of ovulation, feelings of say your mind, feelings of just wanting things that, you know, I felt like, should I be having these feelings or not? Or how appropriate is this? You know, questioning my feelings, basically. And this episode is important to me because I I have learned from this experience and it has made me see things differently and in a certain perspective. And I'm hoping to share this so that it also helps someone see this perspective and decide whether it helps them or if they learn something from them or if it encourages them to also validate their feelings. And also because it's important to me that I say my mind, which is basically why there's this podcast. It's a space for me to like journal my thoughts and speak about things that come to my mind. And I am someone that didn't find her voice early in life. And always at the back of my mind, I doubted myself and felt that what I had to say didn't matter or didn't make sense. And even now that I I am older, I find out that even when I want to say things, I question it a lot. I question why I should say things. Is it appropriate? Does it make sense? And then I later on, hearing someone say sometimes the exact thing I thought and I talked about. And I'll be like, oh, wow. So that thing I said made sense, you know? But it doesn't end there because it doesn't stop me from doubting or questioning myself when another thought comes and I'm like, oh my God, how authentic is this? How, you know, 
how true is this? Does this even make sense? It doesn't stop me from doubting the next time. Even when I've found conviction or somebody has consolidated my thoughts, I still doubt myself, you know? Then secondly, when I eventually started finding my voice and being expressive about my thoughts and opinions and beliefs as a woman, very important. And then as a Nigerian woman, which is a clause I feel it is important to add because as a Nigerian woman, it's a different struggle altogether because you're not raised in an environment that allows you be expressive, allows you be assertive, allows you say your mind and not just say your mind, say your mind as you feel it. So as a Nigerian woman, it's a daily feat to say your mind because most times, and this is my own personal experience, it can be met with raised eyebrows or it could get a, will you keep quiet glance, you know? People are wondering, eh, what is even giving you the audacity, right, to express yourself in such manner, depending on the circles you find yourself. Which brings me to the subject of courage and the importance of being courageous as a woman and as a Nigerian woman. They say courage is not the absence of fear but it is doing things regardless of fear. So it's simply doing things afraid, right? And as a woman, you will find out that no one is so quick to dismiss or invalidate your thoughts and feelings and opinions like yourself. You are your first critic and this is because you have been conditioned to think that way. I mean, almost everyone is self-critical, right? But what are the languages you use when you critique yourself? How, what, what is the lens? What is the perspective you come from when you're criti criticizing yourself? When you're being your own critic? You know, and certain conditioning come to play because maybe while you were growing up, you were, you were told that you only speak when you're spoken to. Or as a woman, a woman is to be seen, not heard. You know, all those conditionings, all those quotes they throw around. So you find out that you don't show yourself grace and you are so quick to invalidate your feelings. Let me bring it home, <laughs> okay? So, one of the encounters I had this week was in an Uber. And my God, like, I have the most awkward, weird, wholesome, fun, sometimes leftist conversations in Ubers. Like, I'm beginning to think I should create a segment on this podcast where I just publish my conversations in an uber because if you're like me that's always taking uber to work to places you find out that a lot of things happen in an uber i mean like very uber drivers can be very chatty <laughs> you know and they can turn you into therapist without your consent there are things they will tell you without your consent and you'll be like what the f like what is wrong with this person? And I've come to find out that sometimes it's not that they are telling you so that you can maybe give them advice or 
They just need somebody to talk to. Somebody they know will not come out tomorrow and be like, hmm, see this guy, look at what he did, or see this lady, look at what she told me. They just need to vent on a stranger, and that is that. But that's by the way. So, I had this Uber guy come pick me up from my house, and we're heading to our destination, and he was quite in a chatty mood. So he started a conversation about where I stay. So I live in an estate that is actually quite comfortable. And then he was like, how much do you pay for rent where you're staying? And I told him, and he was like, wow, that is so much money. I'm like, well, it's not so much money if you consider you know, the convenience and what you're getting out of it. I mean, like where I stay is a serviced apartment and, you know, you get all the necessary things you need to live in a house. You can get your fridge, your stove, you get the washing machine already in the house. And so you come in with minimal property to live in that house. So while we were having this conversation, I was like, oh, shit, I don't think I can pay that much. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't think you can pay that much? You are an Uber driver. I mean, you guys make a lot of money. Are you married? Do you have children? Where are you currently staying? So long story short, while we were talking about that, he started talking about how um, how can I, a single lady, want to live in such a vicinity, spending all that money. And I'm like, I feel like I'm in a stage in my life now where I, I can afford these things and I want to. Because he compared it to houses in the township, houses in, you know, you know where face me, I face you kind of arrangement, houses that collect less and you're able to save. And I'm like, okay, so for me, thinking that... I am going to live below the standard of my of the life I feel like I deserve and I and I can afford now just in a bid to save money doesn't make sense to me because there are other things living there will cost me. So while I feel I'm saving money, I might be exposed to danger, insecurity, you know? I might be struggling with one or two things, no water, you know, it might not be safe for me to work at night. It might, a lot of other things. So I'm like, you might not really be saving, you know. And then sometimes when you do these things, when you decide to step up on your standard of living, it's not just about spending money. It's about taking yourself out of a certain mindset, it's about making yourself know that you deserve nice things and it is worth it. And it's also about you taking that chance on yourself to want to, to want better. You know, it, it just changes your whole worldview. So while we're having this conversation, this guy was looking at me and was like, and you're single. And I said, yes. And he was like, how, so how do you manage the other things? I'm like, manage the other things now. How do you mean? I said, are you not in a relationship? Um, how do you, how are you able to afford all these things and be kept by a man. I laughed because two things. It's not the first time someone is, you know, asking me this kind of question, 
But at the same time, I looked at the man and I discovered that he is not like he is two or three generations older than me. So I can understand where he is coming from. I can understand that in his time, this was not obtainable. And he could actually be asking out of sincere curiosity because one of the things I've also discovered is that we do not give people that are of the older generation the opportunity to get to understand that things are not like it used to be. I mean, we expect them to just adapt and adjust, but it's not that easy, you know? And if you let people into your world, they might actually begin to understand that, okay, things are different. So I told this man, well, it's not about being wanting to be kept by a man. It's about living my life at this point in my life where, yes, I might not be in a relationship. I might not be kept in a man, but me, my life still continues. I still have things to do. You know, I still need to live my life. You get, so he still didn't get it. So he went more direct and he's like, okay, what of sex? How do you handle sex? Wow, there was a light bulb just went on on my head. I was like, yes, this is my opportunity. You know, make this man my social experiment. I was like, okay, oh, oh, that, you mean that? Oh, okay, I I have a friend that I have sex with whenever I want to have sex. And he screamed. He was like, oh my God, our African women adopting Western lifestyle. And, I'm, and you know, no. I don't think this has anything to do with a Western life. I said, no, our African women are not always like this. And I only said, okay, so what is it about what I said that is not okay with you? He said, why would I, as a woman, want to have casual sex with someone? Why don't I want to have someone that would keep me in the house and have sex with me? And I was like... So your problem is that I do not have somebody who I am answering to and giving the person sex and the person receiving sex as well. Guys, trust me, this conversation was so long and I don't want to bore you guys with all those, you know, nitty gritties. But eventually, as we talked about this, we hit all the corners of why it is possible for you to, as a woman, be empowered financially have your own things running for you and you meet a guy and the guy just wants to leech over you there's also that where you are having a relationship with a guy the guy is leeching over you you know the guy is leeching over you but okay there are other things you're gaining from this guy and the guy still cheats on you pointed out all those things i also touched on the fact that you could still keep him for sex and he is giving you wax sex. So why the hell do you want to go through all that? And the guy was like, what? What do you mean wax sex? You women now want too much. And I'm like, oh. And he pointed back to our mothers who just... And I was like, our mothers didn't have sex to enjoy. Most of them didn't have sex to enjoy sex. They had sex for procreation. They had sex to want to have a male child and a female child to secure their position in families, to gain respect. And so they are, they are not thinking of receiving pleasure. They are thinking of how to give pleasure and give a male child. You know, I was that, 
graphic with him because at that point I was beginning to get so offended at the way he feels like things shouldn't change and all that and the change that is happening is also because we want to adopt a certain kind of culture forgetting that there is exposure there is empowerment people are getting new knowledge you know all those factors so (laughs) this is the third time I'm saying long story short but yeah you get it long story short I we got to my destination and the Uber driver said something that, you know, touched my heart. He said that you're a different woman and I've never come in contact with a woman that talks and thinks like you. And I am happy. And I was like, what do you mean you're happy? He said, I am happy I had this conversation because it has helped me see something differently and even though I may not be in support, I I am now aware that women like you exist and I will I will not be shocked next time. You know, and I am happy that I got to speak with you. I am happy I got to speak with you. It's so refreshing. I would love to have a conversation with you sometime if I am opportune, but this was this was this was very educative and informative for me. It made my night. I apart from yes, I had the opportunity to speak my mind and express my thoughts. You know, I had the courage to do that. But at the same time, in voicing my beliefs, I validated them, even though it may not be popular. And by speaking out about it with passion and conviction, it made the man wonder. It created a reality and a possibility in the man's mind that he never had. And so imagine if he had started off that conversation and I felt like I needed to just be calm just not say anything or just, you know, to avoid that whole misconception or to avoid him seeing me as one girl like that, you know, trying to like be careful. Maybe he may not have gotten the education that he had that night. And so I'll say it again, your feelings, your thoughts, your opinions are valid. And whether it is right or wrong is a different thing, you know, It may be right or wrong, but that is not the question. The question is voicing it out when necessary. And that is a courageous act that will help you build conviction. So, before I end this conversation, I would also like to touch on some of the ways that we women invalidate our feelings. I will list some of them. And be sure to know that these are like some of my own personal experiences and things I have seen that has happened. Because we cannot just go on and say, okay, validate your feelings. What feelings are we talking about? How do we feel, you know, when these things come to our mind and we invalidate them? So one is a case scenario. You don't want to date a broke guy or someone that is struggling you know, and every time you think about it, you feel guilty because in your mind somewhere you have been made to believe that you're supposed to help a man, you're a helpmate, you're supposed to help 
build a man or help a man build, you know, be a wife material. That is your job. That is your role in society and in partnerships. And so you also, you also accrue helping someone or being a helpmate to it being that the guy must be broke, you know, I'll tell you something as a 30 plus woman who is still single, who is exposed and who has, you know, had some experiences that has changed my worldview about life, especially in enjoyment and wanting better for myself. I still struggle with the thought of the thought and even saying that I don't want to date broke guys again. And I mean this not in a condescending way, but in a way that I, I, I want, I don't want to meet a struggling man. I don't want to date a struggling man because I have dated men that are struggling. I have seen what it is like. I have been in that situation. I have given men money, borrowed money that they didn't pay back. I have given money out of love and still get disrespected. You know, I have given my time, my emotions, you know, and it comes with struggling men because when somebody is in a struggling state, they might not, they might not be able to help themselves. There are things they do out of the fact of the condition and the state of mind they are in. So, but I find out when I say this to myself, I don't want a struggling man. I feel a pinch of guilt because I feel like, oh, so what are you saying? And you're not saying you're too good for. No, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I want better. And that desire is very valid. You know? And if you decide to want men that are comfortable or well-to-do, it is a choice and a healthy one at that. So, we mustn't always relegate ourselves to want to want subpar for ourselves just because it has become like a role or it is a role we have to fit into and play. If you want better and desire better, it is valid, sis. And you of all people shouldn't be the one to talk yourself out of it or make yourself guilty for wanting. Even down to when a man meets you and you guys get talking and they try to tell you their first impression about you, they say, ah, when I saw you, I didn't even know you would accept to go out on a date with me because I felt like I would not be your speck or your standard or the kind of people you talked to. You know, you find out that for some of us, we would want to make the person comfortable. Oh, no, why not? Why would you say something like that? Of course, you know, you immediately want to make the man feel comfortable that, oh, no, 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 there's nothing about, there's nothing like that. But yes, there is something like that. It's a good thing that he feels like he needs to step up to meet you to that standard. You do not have to talk yourself out of it. You don't have to, you know, condescend just to make him feel comfortable. If he felt that way, well, that is me and this is what you're getting. And it's a healthy thing because why would you want to now make him feel comfortable? And then he begins to feel like, oh, she wasn't even all that. And he begins to feel like, okay, he needs to dish you with rubbish that you do not want in the first place. All in the, all in the name of you want to come off as humble. I don't even know how to put it, but it's so ridiculous. 
So yeah, it's okay if you are not on some people's level. And there is this adage, this Igbo adage from where I come from. They will say, apple hold my size. Like shoe have sizes. Abada, well, there's a, a kind of cloth in my tribe called abada so it's bought by people that are well off well to do you know people that have tastes and it's quite expensive it's not affordable for everybody and so it means that that abada is meant for some people and look at it not not everybody can afford a lamborghini not everybody can afford a rolls royce not, not everybody can afford a chrysler but those cars exist for certain people. But a Rolls Royce will not say, oh, because not everybody can afford me, let me reduce my price so that some people can afford me. No. So it is okay if people perceive you as not being on their level, whether man or woman. It is healthy. It is okay. You don't have to sell yourself short just to accommodate other people. That feeling is valid. And the thing is, with selling yourself short comes disrespect. It comes with disrespect, you know. And if you're somebody that you do not want to be disrespected by anyone, when you feel disrespected, it hurts you to know that you knew that this would happen. But just be- you, you, you find out that you begin to blame yourself more for not trusting your feelings enough to stand by them or your sense of perception enough to stand by them. So this is very critical and important. And then when you are disrespected, sis, what do you do? What do you do? You step up. You step up. You either call the person to order and demand for that respect, or you block them. I think that the power of the block button is very underrated. The kind of peace that button gives, I don't know. The person that thought about it, ah, he or she had self-care in his mind, protecting your peace. Because the moment you block somebody, you find out that you have taken back your power and you have sent a very strong message of boundary to that person that, see, I will not take this from you. And my, this is my action to further validate that I cannot be disrespected by you. And yeah, sometimes when you do those things, you know, when you use the block button or you call somebody out on them abusing your boundaries, you can feel guilty. You begin to feel like, oh, was I too harsh? It's normal, right? But do not give in to those feelings because there's nothing harsh about looking out for yourself and standing up for yourself because that is ultimately what those actions are. It means that you value yourself enough not to be disrespected, not to allow people to walk over you. You respect yourself to not allow people play or toy with you. So yes, establishing your boundary and validating them is valid. Your boundaries are valid. And lastly, which is something that is also important. I mean, everything I say is important, but you get the point. Even down to sexual preferences. As a woman, you have certain sexual preferences. And I'm going to refer to that conversation with the Uber guy. So while we touched on a lot of things, we touched on oral sex and how 
more women are open to oral sex. And it was like, I am an African man and I don't think I want to put my mouth down there on a woman. And I'm like, you see that. So while I respect that, for whatever reason you have decided you don't want to do that, you should not take it away from me that my wants are either whorish. Is that even a word? No, it's not. But I know you get what I mean. You know, you know when people try to make you feel like because you're, you have a certain sexual preference, it makes you loose. And it makes you even loose. You, it's perceived loose, not because the act makes you loose, but because you're a woman. I mean, how dare you want it like that? But you have certain se- sexual preferences. And you find out that you're ashamed for talking about them either with your partner or sharing it with somebody that you have sexual relations with because you don't want to come off as a whore. Some of us, most of us, always do this. You didn't come during a sexual intercourse, but you're faking orgasm because you don't want to hurt the man's ego. I mean, it's a different thing how you say these things, like because you also want to consider people's feelings and all that, but it doesn't mean you don't have to say them. You must have to say um, I didn't come and I want to come and probably go ahead to say, okay, this is how you can make me come. But hushing yourself and squashing these feelings all in the name of, ah, you don't want to make him feel bad. Um, sis, I think you're rubbing yourself. You're rubbing yourself of the pleasure. You're rubbing yourself of the voice, your voice. You're rubbing yourself of your feelings and you are invalidating them because what you are saying is that it doesn't matter whether you get anything out of this or not, (laughs) you know. Or take for another instance, as a woman, you know how these things can be when you're in your volitions and your emotions, your hormones are spiking and you're feeling honey, you want to be touched, you feel like to be touched, you feel like to be have to have sex, right? You think about these feelings. These are valid feelings. You're feeling them, but somewhere, somehow, you're feeling shame because you feel like, am I supposed to be feeling those things, you know? Am I supposed to be feeling those things? Doesn't this make me promiscuous? Doesn't this make me a whore? But does it really? Are you not a human being? Don't you have blood flowing in your veins? Are those chemicals not in your body for a reason? Is it not part of your biological makeup that your womb is trying to set you up to make you to go and open your legs so that? It will, your eggs will be fertilized and it can harbor a child. I mean, these are natural things. However you go about it is a different kettle of fish. But those feelings are valid and you have nothing to be ashamed of about it or to be shamed for, for it. And even if you are in a marriage or a partnered relationship and you voice those feelings, you should be able to voice those feelings. You should be able to say, I am honey, this is how I feel. Can I be touched? These things are valid. I'm not here to tell you what you should do during your volition or you should suspend common sense. No, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that if you feel that way, that feeling is valid. Whatever decision you make going from there is entirely your business and your decision and your choice. 
but do not invalidate those feelings or shame yourself for having those feelings. Period. I wish we women can have half of the audacity men have, especially the audacity of Nigerian men. <laughs> you know, um, three years ago, while I was, you know, working in a restaurant, I met a man who walked up to me. He's like 25 years older than me. You know, and he walked up to me and he said, I like you and I'm going to get you, you know. It was the arrogance for me because he felt like he could get me. And he said, he said to me, and I'll get you. I'll get you because I want you. How old are you? So when he came to ask me my age, I felt like this was more of an ego thing for him. And he needed to like establish that he's a man and he can get whatever he wants. I left that experience feeling, I didn't feel worthless. I was astonished as, at his audacity to think that at that age, he could walk up to a younger person like me and demand or even voice out what he is thinking in his mind. I mean, if that is not courage and audacity, I don't know what that is because I don't think that he even thought if, if he was in my spec. And I don't even think that if he crossed his mind, he gave it a little thought to discourage him, you know. And for me, I feel like that is one power that men have that I wish that they give us as women growing up, helping us to groom us, to be more assertive and go for the things we want and even voice out the things we believe in. And it's not men's fault that they are that audacious because it's the way society perceives the different gender and has socialized them differently. I remember Chimamanda's speech, which I'm going to play before I leave on this. Since your feelings are valid and nobody should make you feel, dissuade you, shame you, or make you feel that they are worthless and they are not worthy of either consideration or assertion. But let me play Chimamanda's clip. A woman told me once about approaching um, venture capitalists to raise money for a startup that she wanted to do. And she said that she was very aware of how being a woman and coming out to ask for money and to have ambition meant that people would judge her differently. And so that she started off always by saying to the men, it was always men, I'm a woman. I don't want you to judge me differently. And then she would deliver her spew. I don't know if that worked for her, but the point is that her identity shaped the way that um, these men saw her. So in our world, a man is confident, but a woman is arrogant. A man is uncompromising, but a woman is a ball breaker. A man is assertive, a woman is aggressive. A man is strategic, a woman is manipulative. A man is a leader, a woman is controlling. A man is authoritative, a woman is annoying. The characteristic or the behavior is the same. What is different is the sex. And based on this sex, the world makes assumptions and the world treats us differently. Ah. <sighs> This woman is a breath of fresh air, really. Like, I enjoy listening to her 
because it just helps you spoil your mind. Like as a woman, it helps, you know, give life to many things that you didn't consider was possible. But yeah, I hope you heard what she said. And I know you would agree with me that this is what is obtainable. This is what we see in society. And this is not a man versus woman. It's not, I'm not having these conversations because it's a man versus woman debate or trying to also invalidate the feelings of men. But it is to encourage us women to validate our own feelings because if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it for you. In closing, as a woman... A lot of people are assuming things already about you. The odds are mostly always going to be against you. So you have yourself. You need to stand for yourself. You need to be for you. And you need to validate you. That is just the long and short of all these things I'm saying. And I hope something about this resonates with you and kind of you can relate to. I hope it has opened up a perspective for you to see things differently, especially when it comes to your feelings. And I hope that you got to, you know, take out something from it like I did last week. Like I sat down and I said to myself, you know what, Rita, your feelings are valid. And the fact that it comes out of you, it's unique to you. And you have to give life to it. Give life to it through your actions, through the way you communicate them, and the way you believe and assert yourself. Because you, you are all you have, and you have to stand for you. And I think these are the words I'm going to leave with you. Whoever you are listening to this and you struggle with validating yourself, you know, your feelings are unique to you and you have to validate them. You have to assert them. You have to be courageous enough to give it life because they are valid. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening through this episode i hope i didn't ramble so much but yeah that's it on this episode let me know what you think if this resonated with you and see you on the next one bye thank you guys for listening to this episode as usual let me know what you think send me a dm on instagram at the girl unplugged or chat me up on the podium app I'll be looking forward to hear what you think, your thoughts, your comments, and all that good stuff. Don't forget to share with someone who you think might find this helpful. Hit the subscribe button to listen to more amazing stuff. And until the next episode, continue to be you to your full. Bye.